Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible teacher, author, and adventure junkie. Join me each week for compelling conversations with leading voices that encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together, we'll discover miracles in life's messy moments and make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. Well, hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I am sitting down with what has become a new friend for me, and I cannot wait for you to meet her. Becky Harling understands what it's like to feel stuck and what it takes to overcome those obstacles. She's a survivor of both breast cancer and childhood sexual abuse. And she's going to share how praise was the key that unlocked kingdom purpose in her life. Now she's the author of 11 books and Bible studies. She's a certified life coach with the John Maxwell team, and she helps those looking to move forward from their personal obstacles to live life intentionally with purpose and passion. Welcome, Becky. I'm so honored to have you here on the podcast. Hey, I'm so excited to be here with you, Angela. This is going to be great fun. Yes, we know each other a little bit behind the scenes. We're getting to know each other better every month with a a really fabulous project that we are blessed to be working on together. And I'm even finding out that we share some some things in common. You pastored with your husband, Steve, for many years. I still pastor with my husband, Dale. And you have been not only in pastoral ministry, but then your husband became the CEO of a mission. And I loved how you shared on your website, you say that he gave you the world. So before we hear your story, tell us a little bit about that and your travels and how God is using you. Yeah. So when I married Steve, he literally gave me the world. Steve has the biggest global heart of anybody I've ever met. In Mm -hmm. fact, when he wants to relax in the evening, I will see him laying on the family room floor with maps and he's just looking at all (laughs) I just love it. So, you know, we were missionaries in Sudan in the early eighties in the middle of a civil war, but Steve uh, has always given me another country to visit. And so we have probably just in the last five years visited almost 70 countries. Oh, wow. Um, We've been all over Africa, all over Asia, all over Europe, all over South America. There's really only two continents I haven't been on yet with Steve. It's kind of a joke. I haven't been to Antarctica yet. I really don't have a desire to go there. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. I don't like the cold. Um, And he's been to Australia. I did not go to Australia Mm. with him on that trip. I wasn't able to. But you know, in traveling the world, I God has just given me a deeper heart for the global church. Sure. And often the global church does not quite look like the American church. Yeah. You know that yourself, Angela. Yeah. And, you know, it's been really good for me to see how believers live in other areas of the world, including in some places where Christ is really not known in that country other than a handful of believers. You know, we Mm -hmm. would call that closed countries. And so we've had the privilege of being there and talking with the underground church and talking with believers who, you know, have life a bit more difficult than we do here in the United States. And so Steve really did literally give me the world. Wow. Do you have a favorite, like, I hate to say favorite place to visit, because it's like trying to choose your grandkids from countries you've been to and countries you love, but maybe one of your most impacting moments or a story from your travels or your time in Sudan that you'd want to share with us? 
Man, and there are so many. I have to think for a minute. I mean, one of my favorite places as far as beauty was the country of Croatia. Really? But I, yeah, it's wow. gorgeous. It's like breathtakingly gorgeous. Huh. But as far as ministry, I think sitting down um, with believers in a country where I, I really can't share where we were because it was rather dark and hearing the stories of um terrorists who have come to Christ, you Mm -hmm. know, God is doing the miraculous. We know that, but he's doing it especially within the world of Islam. And I just kind of love that, you know? And so we um, had the opportunity to talk with a person who was a former terrorist where God appeared to him literally. And he said, God, if you're real, appear to me. And Jesus appeared to him and said, come and follow me. And from now on, you're going to be my follower. And it radically changed his life, but he's always on the run, you know, because there's a Fatima on his head. And that was deeply impactful for me, you know, sitting in Asia, in an underground country and watching children who had been rescued out of a village, worshiping and dancing before the Lord, and then seeing Bible college students who had to watch their parents be burned because of their faith. And I, and I think, Lord, I, I can't even wrap my head around that. Yeah. You know, and so it's been deeply impactful for me and and it has informed my spiritual formation because I don't want to just assume, you know, when Jesus called me to follow him, that it was all going to be roses, you know, and yeah. all happy clappy, as I kind of call it, you know, Jesus calls us to follow him with our whole hearts. And sometimes the kingdom does not look like what we think it's going to look mm-hmm. like. Yeah. And yet there God meets us. Oh, Becky, so powerful. I'm sure we could talk for hours just about these stories. And I was getting emotional just listening to share that I've been in some of those same situations And so I thank you and your husband, not only for just saying yes to God, but being willing to, you know, to be boots on the ground in these areas and to partner with the underground church and, and, uh, you know, the unreached and less reached people groups in the world. And, you know, this podcast is all over the world. So maybe you're listening from Antarctica. We love you. We just know it's called (laughs) or Australia or Sudan or wherever you are today. Becky's encouraging us that, you know, Paul said the gospel is not chained. So even with him in prison, he gave us that encouragement. There's nothing that shackles the gospel. And so I love just hearing you, Becky, share that it's all over the world. People are coming to Christ. Jesus is meeting them right where they are. And so thank you for the work that you and your husband are doing and continuing to do. So, and, and, you know, before you kind of been in this season of your life, you know, your early years were marked by very painful experiences and you've had to overcome obstacles. So invite us into your story, Becky. I just want to know more about you and how God has, has transformed your life. Yeah. And so, you know, I, um, I met Jesus and I'm positive. I met him. I mean, he literally met me at age three years old and Jesus became just my very dearest friend. I remember talking to him all the time, you know, and so I was raised in a home where from the outside, it looked perfect. Um, My father was in ministry. He was a pastor. He was a Bible college president. 
Um, but from the outside, this home looked perfect, but on the inside, it was anything but that. And so it was very abusive. Mm. Um, and so from the time I was a little girl, I was sexually abused Mm. and it just, um, became a part of me, but I never dealt with it, Angela, until I was diagnosed with breast cancer and I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I remember the doctor saying, okay, Becky, because of the genetic testing we've done on you, the safest method of treatment for you is going to be a bilateral complete mastectomy. Mm -hmm. And so I I was in my young forties and we were still very much in the thick of raising children. And I was terrified. And I remember calling my mentor and saying, I've just been diagnosed with breast cancer and I'm facing this massive surgery. I'm scared to death. Would you pray with me? She did pray with me, but then she challenged me and she said, Becky, I want to challenge you for the next five to seven days. I want you to start every morning on your knees with 20 minutes of praise. And at the time, Angela, I thought this is the most bizarre challenge ever. I hardly feel like jumping up and down saying, hallelujah, I'm going to lose both the sisters in a week. You know, I mean, I just, I thought this is kind of a, it seems almost hypocritical to me. Hmm. And she said, I'm not asking you to praise God for the cancer. I'm asking you to praise God for who he is above the cancer. And so I remember getting on my knees that first morning, all the kids were still asleep. Steve was asleep. And I remember praying, Lord, I'm here to praise you for 20 minutes. I don't know how I'm going to do that, but if you will empower me through your Holy spirit, I'm willing. And so needing a place to start, I began praising my way through the alphabet. Lord, I praise you because you're awesome and you're Mm. almighty. I praise you because you're my bread of life. You're the blessed controller of all things. I praise you because you're my creator. You're my deliverer. Lord, I'm so fearful, but you deliver me from fear. I praise you because you're eternal and you're faithful and you're good and you're holy and you're infinite. And on I went and the 20 minutes flew by. So the next morning I remember thinking, okay, I'm going to try this again. And so that time I let the worship music prompt my praise and I Mm. praised in sync with, I think it was Hillsong at the time. And then, you know, the third day I praised my way through the I am statements of Jesus. And by the end of that week, I was addicted to praise. Mm. And when I was coming out of surgery, out of the anesthesia after a six hour surgery, God began to speak to me. Now's the time to deal with the childhood sexual abuse that you have never dealt with. And, you know, people look at that story and they think, wow, that was kind of mean of God. Not really, because God had prepared me. He had prepared me with praise. And so through the journey of healing for cancer, he was healing me emotionally and spiritually and physically. And so, yes, I had therapy. And I always say that because some people are pretty funny about therapy. And I was before I had it. I remember telling my mentor, I can't go to a therapist. I'm a pastor's wife Mm. and pastor's wives don't go for therapy. And I remember her saying, where did you hear that? And I said, Everybody knows that it's in our rule book. You know, you don't go for therapy when you're a pastor's wife. She said, well, 
I think that's a lie. And she was this deeply godly woman. And so I did go for therapy, but I also got on my knees every morning and invited the Holy Spirit to completely transform me, to meet me in the place of those horrid memories, but to bring his healing power and presence. And my mentor prayed over me every single day for seven years. And so my story, I always say, Angela, if God can heal me, he can heal you. I don't care what it is because I was a mess, but God is the God of healing. Yes, he is. He is. And, you know, I was a worship pastor full time for 20 years. So I just understand and appreciate the way that you push through your pain. You pushed your pain into the heart of Jesus through worship and praise my husband. And I've also been in a season of counseling many years ago. So I think we need to, we need to take off that stigma first, right? Yeah, right. Of, I think the enemy will use anything to keep us bound, whether it's a false concept of healing or yes. just pray your way through it. And there's nothing wrong with prayer and Bible reading. We want all of those things, <clears throat> but sometimes what has formed us has deformed our ability to even receive the scripture accurately. And so therapy counseling can unlock some of those doors, strongholds that might've been built up. Yes. You know, you know, one of the things I love, um, I wasn't planning on sharing this scripture, but I feel like the Holy Spirit is giving it to me in this moment for this time. One of the things that I love about the Sermon on the Mount is that over and over, Jesus says, Jesus says, you have heard it said, Hmm. but I say unto you. That's good. That's good. And so many of the messages that we have heard in our formative years were not correct, but they shaped us and they formed us. And when we invite a counselor into that process, a godly Christian therapist who is well-trained, they can push back on some of those messages. That's good. And say, where did you hear that? This is what Jesus says. Where did you hear that? Let's erase those old messages and let's enter into the truth about who Jesus is. And I very much had to do that. Mm, that's a powerful analogy. And, and just that that passage of scripture. And there's a reason Jesus was doing that. He was uprooting kind of these cultural norms, or like you said, belief systems. We all have them. We all bring bias into a situation. We bring our own experiences or theology of what we've been taught. And if we don't filter all of that through the word of God and know what the word of God says. So if you're listening today and you're just not sure if what you've what you've held on to and maybe what is holding you back, keeping you from walking in freedom, start with praise. I'm going to ask you one more question about praise, but then challenge those belief systems that may or may not be grounded in the word of God. You have heard it said this. I remember Becky being raised feeling like I couldn't have friends in the ministry. That was another Mm -hmm. kind of taboo. You can't get therapy. You can't have friends because it would show partiality. And, and finally, someone challenged that. Well, who, who told you that kind of like yeah. in the garden? Well, who, who told you that? Yes. And, and I thought, I, I don't know. I mean, I was just raised that you just shouldn't have friends. And biblically, you look at Jesus model. Well, he had friends, you know, yes. he had close friends. He had people that he went and stayed in their home. He had Peter, James, and John, he had the 12. So 
again, we have to challenge cultural situations that may not line up with the word of God, especially if there are things that are keeping us from walking in the true freedom that God wants us to walk in. So I want to ask you, we're going to kind of segue into this book. Your latest book is called The Extraordinary Power of Praise. Yeah. Yeah. And I so relate to this as a worship leader. So it's so close to my heart. So if praise is the key to our freedom, Becky, I want to first ask you for someone who heard your story and Uh they're saying, I can't even imagine getting down on my knees or sitting down on a couch and praising God in the middle of what I'm going through. You and I know that that is the way out you have and the way up, Mm -hmm. but for someone who feels like that's fake, or as you said, that's hypocritical, how do we push past maybe our feelings and exercise our faith to praise, even when we don't feel like it, Becky? You know, I felt those same feelings. I remember thinking this is hypocritical. I'm walking through horror and I don't feel like praising God. But in those moments, it's your choice that counts. And so it's not hypocritical. It's very authentic. And, And I, in the book, The Extraordinary Power of Praise, I love... It's actually the favorite Bible study of mine that I've written because it takes a look at the psalmists and the psalmists were so authentic. I mean, think about it. David says, break their teeth, oh God, you know, and some of us would love to pray that about a few people, right? And and then at other times he's, he cries out to God, I feel like you've abandoned me. Where are you? And we've all had those prayers. And so what I learned in praise is that it's this rhythm of pouring out your heart to God authentically, and then shifting your focus to the almighty character of God and turning your panic into praise. I, that phrase has become everything for me because, because of my past, because of what uh, I experienced as a child, I have dealt with anxiety for a lot of different years. And I have had to learn that while anxiety may not completely go away, I can have a plan in that anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so my plan is I can turn my panic into praise. You know, we were talking before about international travel and I remember Steve wanted me to go to Nigeria with him. Uh, This was in 2014. He was taking a sabbatical and I really didn't want to go, Angela, to be honest. I was afraid. It was when Boko Haram was having their heyday, you know, they were burning churches, shooting Christians, raping little girls. I mean, it was horror. And I was like, I don't really want to go. And he kept saying, please come with me. Mm -hmm. We were on the ground. I did finally agree to go. We landed after a long flight. A driver picked us up. We were going to our first stop and I fell asleep in the back. And all of a sudden I heard Steve saying, Beck, wake up. This is a good time to pray. And I looked out the van windows and we were completely surrounded with teenage boys pointing AK-47s at us saying, I don't want to have to kill you. And I remember thinking, yeah, I don't really want that either. But I, in that moment, I had trained myself enough by that point to say, okay, Lord, here we go. I'm afraid in this moment, but I'm going to turn my panic into praise. I praise you that these teenage boys can't do anything beyond your control right now. I praise you that our children are safe in America. I praise you that if they shoot us and kill us right now, I will be with you instantly. And as I began to praise God, 
that I was not separated from his love in that moment, that he was there with me in that moment. I had absolute peace, Angela. And that comes from the choice. You know, David wrote in Psalm 63, because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. And I love that word glorify because Mm. in the Hebrew, it's the word Shabbat and it carries a dual meaning. The first meaning is to exalt or lift up God. But the second meaning means to soothe or calm. So Mm -hmm. as we are praising God, as we dare to actually tell him how good he is, the Holy Spirit calms our anxiety. And this is why God invited us to praise him in the first place. You know, he's not some egotistical deity who's insecure and needs a great vada boy every now and then. It's because Mm -hmm. we become like the one we praise. So as we're praising him, the Holy Spirit changes our hearts and calms those anxious thoughts. Oh, that's so good, Becky. I love that kind of life motto that you've adopted, turn your panic into praise. And when we do that, we receive peace. So what a formula you've given us a prescription today for anxiety, for depression, for fear, for worry, for uncertainty, for anything. We don't know what the future holds. We don't even know what tomorrow holds. No kidding. If we sit around and wait until we just stop having any kind of negative emotion or feeling or anxiety or waiting until I feel like praising, we might be sitting here literally till Jesus comes. So what we want to do is in those moments to immediately begin to praise the Lord for who he is and to know that regardless of what happens or as I can't imagine how scary that moment must have been for you and your husband, but that when we praise, it changes us It changes the way we're viewing the situation, gives us a different perspective, a heavenly perspective. And this is just your latest book, Becky. You have many books, 11 that you've written. Share with us a couple of other resources and how our listeners can connect with you to purchase them. Yeah. So uh, one of the books that Moody asked me to write right during the beginning of COVID was they wanted me to write a quick devotional Um, And so I wrote Psalms for the Anxious Heart, Mm. and it's a 30-day devotional. It kind of correlates with the Bible study, but it's very short, and each day there's a verse from the Psalms and and a practical application from that. There's and one of the things that's unique to most of my books is that in every Bible study or every devotional, I share suggested worship music Hmm. because worship music has been a huge part of my journey. And so there's a suggested song to listen to that goes along with the passage you're reading. Um, Another one of my books is rewriting your emotional script. And um, that was the second book I wrote. And if you have experienced sexual abuse or abuse in childhood, I highly recommend it because the the concept of the book, it goes through the Beatitudes and it's it. The concept is to erase those old messages and to learn to live in the truth of God's message over you and it is uh, it has prayers of scripture that you can read over yourself as part of your healing journey. So there's that one. Um, I've written another Bible study called Who Do You Say That I Am? Mm. Uh, I've written a couple of listening books, How to Listen So People Will Talk. Yes, is, I love those. Yes. Uh, yeah. And then How to Listen So Your Kids Will Talk. Hey, if you're a mom, can I just say you need that book? 
because I mean, I still need that book, right? Sure. Our kids were all over last night with their kids and learning to listen and not interject at the wrong moment. All those things us moms need to learn. So yeah, if you're a parent, that's your book. <laughs> mm, so you have so many different resources. So beckyharling.com, is that where you want people to go find you? Yes. Do you speak, you travel. I do. You coach. I mean, you do all the things. So yeah, yeah, people, people are going to want to find out all about you, not just your books, but maybe you want to be coached through Becky. There's so many different ways you could reach out to her. And, uh, and she's, have you heard her about being prayer, you know, a prayer warrior, praising the Lord. She's going to pray over us in a moment. And I loved your ABCs. That's just a great little nugget today. Cause sometimes you feel <laughs> stuck when you're like praising or praying and to be able to just go even through the ABCs of God, um, yeah. pray, pray the names of God, praise the names of God. So she's giving us not only principles today, but some practical steps that we can take. If you feel stuck in your prayer life in praising the Lord, praise your way through, put worship music on. If you can't even get a word out, just put worship on and just begin to saturate the atmosphere with worship. So thank you, Becky, for so much that you've deposited into us. I love to close my, all of my conversations with this question. And I'm always so personally curious, but other than Jesus, what person in the Bible has most inspired you to make life matter? Because that's what we talk about here, making our life matter. And today we focus on making our life matter through the power of praise and not allowing panic and worry and fear and adversity to cripple us. So I would love to know who that person is for you, Becky. Man, there are so many, Angela. Yeah, I struggled yeah. with this question, just thinking about it. But one that comes to mind is Mary, the mother of Jesus. I mean, I just can't wait to get to heaven and sit down and have a conversation with her. Because can you imagine? I mean, God invited her to lay aside every expectation. Mm. I mean, she becomes pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit as a virgin. And then she has to keep letting go in ways that you and I will never have to let go as moms. Yeah. And watching your only son be crucified. I mean, I don't even know how she did that. And I, I can't wait to just sit in heaven at her feet and say, how did you let go like that? I mean, that's, that had to have been excruciating. So her story inspires me, you know, because here I am just this earthly mother with four grown kids and 14 grandkids. I mean, grandkids are the, the ice cream at the end of a very long <laughs> journey, right? Yeah, and, <laughs> I don't and, have any yet, but I'm, I'm going oh, to relish it when it's here. Yes, you need to every moment. But, you know, just... Lord, how do I do this well? How do I pray over these little ones well? How do I release them? How do I let go of control? Mary did all that, you know, yeah. and she's an inspiration to me. Sure. But there are so many that are inspirations to me biblically. Well, she was also a praiser, you know, her magnificent. Yeah, my soul, my soul magnifies, magnifies the yeah. Lord. And I think yeah. because she started with that frame of reference. Okay. Let it be unto me. As you have said, when the, yes. the word of the Lord came to her, what a lot to take in and absorb. What an interruption, oh, what an upheaval of your entire life and your plan. Yeah. So what a wonderful model that 
life is not always going to go as we might've planned it, but that moment of surrender that she yielded to the Lord and said, okay, then let it be unto me. As you said, to say, my soul magnifies the Lord, Yes, you know, that guys, if we can maintain that heart posture, no matter what we are facing, then we always know that God is going to meet us in those moments of pain because we are choosing to turn our pain and our panic into praise and into peace. So that puts control back in our hands as well, because situations in life can feel very out of control. We have the power to control how we respond to a situation and we can respond with praise and receive the peace of the Holy Spirit. So thank you so much, Becky. Yeah, I imagine her line is going to be very long, but yeah. it's going to be worth it. We have eternity, so we'll get there. We That's just might right. Have to- <laughs> we'll just grab a cup of coffee and stand in line. That's and right. Wait. The heavenly Starbucks, wherever <laughs> right. the coffee macchiato is in Starbucks. <laughs> and I just wanted to close with today's truth that matters. And you mentioned the Psalms earlier. As I was preparing for our conversation, I just felt like the Lord led me to the Psalms because there's so much about praise in the Psalms and Psalm 150 just shares kind of exactly what Becky has said today. If you're wanting a starting place, maybe you just get out Psalm 150 today and just read it out loud, begin to praise the Lord, begin to invite him into whatever you're walking through today. Praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens. Why should we praise? Praise him for his acts of power, praise him for surpassing greatness and I would add, you don't have to just be in the sanctuary. Praise God in his car, in your car. Praise God when you're getting ready. Praise God in the, in the dark moments of life. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet and the lyre and the timbrel and dancing and with the strings and with the pipe and with the clash of the cymbals and the resounding cymbals. And imagine, guys, that your life is a symphony. And as you praise that you are taking the things that feel painful and you're writing those into a praise love song to the Lord and he's receiving that. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Well, thank you, Becky, for helping us to unleash the power of praise in our life today. And uh, it's just been a joy to get you know to get to know you more, to hear your story, and to hear how God is using you literally around the world. We pray so much blessing over you as well. But I would love for you to pray over our listeners as we end our time together. I would love that, Angela. Thank you. It's been a joy to be with you. Lord Jesus, we worship you. We praise you for who you are, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And Lord, we live in a very wonky world. We live in uncertain times. None of us knows what tomorrow holds, but we know that you hold all things together. And Lord, I pray right now for the listeners who are discouraged. I pray that you would bring them hope. I pray for those who are going through financial hardship, that you would bring them provision. I pray for those who are walking through sickness, that you would heal them. I pray for those who are walking through depression, that you would rekindle hope in their lives. And for those who are walking through anxiety, I pray the power of peace over them. And I pray above all else that the listeners would learn to turn their panic into praise. We love you, Lord Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at angeladenadio.com, 
Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV and Instagram at Angela Donatio. Until next week, let's make life matter.